Well, good morning and happy Easter to all of you. Um, thank you so much for joining us online. Whatever has brought you to be watching this, so whether uh, a friend has invited you to join us today uh, or you came across us on social media, whether you're used to church or this is your first experience of church in many, many years, whatever the reason, whatever brings you here, I just want you to know that you're so welcome, uh, so glad to have you joining us. And I just wish that I could see you all. Um, although maybe you're glad that I can't, because I suspect that some of you are sitting there in your pyjamas, aren't you? Um, although, to be honest, for all I know, we could have naturists watching this. Um, I mean, that would certainly be a new way of doing church, wouldn't it? Well, let's let's just park that thought to one side uh, for a moment. I mean, this is, of course, a very different kind of Easter, isn't it? Um, and not just because the concept of naked churches has been introduced, but but that we are in very strange times, we're in difficult times, challenging times. And, and you know, there are lots of people out there who, who will say, no, let's just focus on the positives and uh, let's learn the lessons that we can learn from this time. And, and certainly there's some wisdom there. There will undoubtedly be lots of lessons that we can learn from this time. But we can't escape the fact that for many, many people, uh, this is a devastating time. Uh, whether it's because you've lost loved ones um, and you, you weren't even able to see them before they died and you're, you're not able to arrange the funeral as you, would, as you would like to, or whether it's your own health or isolation or your livelihood uh, that is at risk. This is a devastating and very dark time for many people. And it might be that you're just looking for a, a glimmer of hope, just some little bit of light in the darkness to, to, to hold on to. Well, let me tell you that the message of Easter is not just a glimmer of hope. It is a, it's a massive, great, blazing beacon of hope that God has put in our world that will light up the darkest night. And it's a message of hope for you if you will receive this for yourself. Because this is the thing that has utterly and permanently changed my life. Uh, it's the thing that has changed the lives of hundreds of people in our church and thousands of people in our town and something like two billion people across our world. And that thing is the fact that Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. The resurrection of Jesus, which is what we celebrate at Easter. Now, clearly, I'm coming from the perspective today that that's just an undeniable historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And for anybody who's not sure of that or anybody who uh, is interested in exploring that historical argument a little bit further, um, there is a link. I've put a link to a short video in the description of this video that you might like to have a look at later on. Actually, I'd recommend that you do. But to, to sum up the argument, historically speaking, it is pretty difficult to argue against the resurrection of Jesus from the dead as a historical fact. And of course, many have tried to do that. But then even if it is, even if we accept that, that the resurrection is a historical fact, well, then your next question might be, so what? You know, this was 2000 years ago in, in Israel. What possible difference does that make to me and my life today? Of what benefit is the resurrection to me? And that's really the question that I want to address today. And, um, and hopefully what I hope is that I can do is to, to, to show you, to demonstrate to you that the resurrection of Jesus really is of, of infinite and eternal value and benefit to you. Again, if you accept it for yourself. And so keep listening. I just ask you to keep listening because, you know, if what I'm saying is true, well, then these next 20 minutes or so might change your life. 
Um, and if I can't convince you, well, you know, you're stuck at home with not a lot to do. So you might as well keep on listening anyway. The Apostle Paul has a few things to say about the resurrection. So in 1 Corinthians 15, here are some of the things that, that he said. He said, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And what he's saying, what Paul is saying is is this, that this is the key issue. Everything hinges on this, on the resurrection. Did it happen or did it not? Everything hinges on that. Because if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, well, then what Paul is saying is we're all idiots. Those of us who believe that he was and try to spend our lives following him, we're just, you know, we're just wasting our time. But if Jesus was raised from the dead, as Paul asserts that he was, and as the hundreds of eyewitnesses at the time asserted that he was as well, then that really does change everything for everyone in all places at all times through history. It changes everything because it validates everything that Jesus said about himself. Because, you know, if a man says he's going to die and then three days later he'll be raised to life and that's what happens, well, that's someone you listen to. I mean, you sit up and take notice of someone like that. It validates everything that he said. It means that he was who he said he was, that this was indeed, as inconceivable as this might seem, that this really was God made flesh. God himself inserting himself into human history to come and pay the price himself in the most agonising of ways to pay the price for our sin, for, for my sin and for your sin, to offer the chance to be rescued, rescued from our sin, rescued from ourselves, rescued from the world, to be redeemed, to be restored to the kind of life that we were originally created for. And offering that chance, offering that rescue, offering that salvation to everybody. And that means that actually your view of Jesus and your response to Jesus and to the resurrection is vitally important. You've got to make up your mind on this because you're either accepting him and his offer or you're rejecting him and his offer. There's no middle ground here. Or as C.S. Lewis uh, once famously said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. And Paul is saying here that the litmus test of, of whether it is of no importance and therefore we're all a bunch of idiots or that it's of infinite importance, and actually we really do have good news for the world. We have discovered the secret to life. The litmus test of that, of whether it's of no importance or of infinite importance to everybody in the world, is the resurrection. It comes down to the resurrection. Did it happen? And so this is a big deal, and what we believe about it is a big deal. How we respond to it is a big deal, and it has eternal implications for all of us. So back to the question, how does the resurrection of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago in Israel, how does that benefit you? How does that benefit me? Well, there are lots of ways that it benefits us, but I'm just going to focus in on three today. And the first of those is that knowing the resurrected Jesus gives you a meaning and purpose in life way beyond anything that this world can offer. It's probably the question that everybody asks themselves at some point 
in their life or probably at several points in their lives. Why am I here? What, what, what is this life all about? What, you know, what is the meaning of life? And actually times like the ones we're going through right now, they will often raise those kinds of questions in our minds as we have a chance to reflect on life. What is this all about? What is this life about? There must be more to life than this. I mean, I wonder if you've ever found yourself saying that kind of thing. Have you ever found yourself asking those kinds of questions? I expect you have, because we all have deep longings within us. It's part of being human. Well, actually, rather, it's part of being a created human rather than just being a random accident, as some people believe that we are. You realise that random accidents don't long for the kinds of things that we that we long for. We have deep longings. We all long for meaning in life. It's just, it's just inbuilt. It, it's hardwired in us that we look for the meaning in things. We assume that things do have a meaning, that they're not random, they're not accidental. We all long for meaning. We all long for love. We're born with that longing for love, a need to be accepted, a need to fit in. And we all long for purpose, deep purpose in our lives. And I've used this example more than once, so do forgive me, bear with me, humour me if you've uh, heard me say this before, but just think back to when you were a child, say five years old, and what did you want to be when you grew up? Just think about it, what did you want to be? Maybe a doctor or a, a fireman or an astronaut, a teacher? What did you want to be when you grew up? I I wanted to be a pole vaulter. Um, no idea why, not really sure at all. It never happened. I have never pole vaulted in my life, but I distinctly remember wanting to be a pole vaulter. And then later on, I kind of had the thought that maybe I wanted to be a surgeon until I realised that I wasn't all that keen on blood, which isn't great for a surgeon. Um, but, but just ask yourself, what did you want to be when you grew up? And now ask yourself this, why on earth were you dreaming about having any kind of job at all? You didn't need a job at that age. You you didn't have any responsibilities. You didn't have bills to pay. I mean, just just successfully going to the toilet was a great achievement for you. Why on earth were you dreaming about having any kind of profession? Why were you thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, it's because of that longing that is planted deep within all of us, that longing for purpose and significance and meaning in life. To accomplish something in this world, where does that come from? Well, these longings are God-given longings, and it's a result of you being created by him. So we have a longing for purpose, but we're not very good at finding our purpose. I mean, you can achieve lots and lots of things in life and still end up lacking purpose, because purpose isn't the same thing as success. You can be very, very successful. You can be very wealthy. You can have a great job, uh, a great place to live, a great family, uh, great friends, great holidays and all the rest, all those things that people aspire to. You can be incredibly successful and still feel like you're kind of adrift. I think it was Jim Carrey, the the actor who, who once said something along the lines of, you know, I wish that everybody could become rich and famous and have all their dreams fulfilled so that they can find out that that is not the answer. You can have all sorts of success in your life. You can achieve all the things that you want to achieve and still feel adrift, not knowing your deeper purpose and still finding yourself saying there must be more to life than this. You can try to make up a purpose for yourself, but it's not going to be the one that you were created for because only the creator can tell you that. So what does the creator say? What does the Bible tell us? Well, 
there are lots of places I could go in the Bible, but let's try this verse here in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15. It says, he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. The death and resurrection of Jesus is what gives me my purpose in my life, in my life, which is to not live for myself, which let's face it, is our natural state. It's our natural state to live for ourselves, but it's not to live for myself, but to live for him, to follow him. And you know what? Why wouldn't I want to do that when when he has so demonstrated his love for me, when he so demonstrated his trustworthiness by by dying for me? I mean, what significance that puts on me and the significance it puts on you that someone is prepared to die for you and not just someone, but God himself is prepared to die for you. My purpose in life, my meaning in life is found only in following him. And that that counts for all circumstances. My purpose remains the same in all circumstances in life, whether life is going really well or it's going really badly whether uh, I'm feeling particularly happy or particularly sad or whether I'm completely in control of everything in my life or I'm feeling utterly overwhelmed by everything in my life. I am confident in all circumstances that there is a purpose, that there is a plan and that God is in control. See, the problem is not that we have these longings for meaning, for love, for significance, for purpose. The problem is that we seek to fulfill them without God the one who gave us those longings in the first place. Where do you go to try to satisfy those God-given longings that you have? Where do you go to to find that satisfaction? I I talked a couple of weeks ago about the foundations that we try to build our lives on. So whether that's your health or your, your family, your career, your relationships, being successful, being wealthy, or anything else it might be. And these are all good things, by the way. These are good things to have in our lives, but they are also temporary things. They're not eternal. They will all let you down in the end. The things that we tend to chase after in our lives, even when they're good things to have in our lives, they don't and they can never bring the lasting satisfaction and fulfillment that we're searching for. My purpose, my meaning in life is found in Jesus. And I'm confident of that. I'm confident of my purpose because I'm confident in Jesus, that he demonstrated his love for me and he rose from the dead just like he said he would. He will never, ever let me down. And having confidence in your purpose, having confidence in the meaning of life, I tell you what, it brings such a sense of freedom and peace in all circumstances of life, even the darkest circumstances. Do you know that freedom in your life? Do you know that peace in your life? It's what Jesus offers, freedom and peace. So the resurrection of Jesus gives you an unshakable purpose and meaning in your life. Then the second thing it gives you is strength and power to to be able to live your life and overcome the problems of life. The Bible tells us that the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you're in Christ. And it's not just that the Bible says it, but I've encountered that for myself. I can testify personally to that, to that love and power of God. And I tell you what, there is nothing like it. There's nothing in this world that is like encountering the presence and the power and the love of God. I encountered God really powerfully for the first time when I was 17 years old. 
And in that moment, it was like he showed me myself as I really was. It was kind of like a experience of stepping outside of my body and seeing myself as I, as I really was. And that was that even though in the eyes of the world, I was a good person, a moral person. I was doing well at school, not rebellious. Uh, I had good prospects and all the rest. But what I saw in that moment in myself was the darkness and the, the self-centeredness and the sin that was in my heart and also how abhorrent that was to God. But at the same time, I encountered God's passionate and burning love for me. And it was just amazing. It was absolutely incredible. And I submitted my life to Jesus. I gave myself to him. And why wouldn't I? To someone who loves me that much in spite of myself. And, you know, my life changed forever. From that moment on, my life changed forever. And, and let me tell you, in many ways, it made life harder. Following Jesus doesn't give you an easy life. Far from it. In many areas, it makes life much harder. But it's okay because God gives me the strength and power to live that life, to live for him. His power lives in you if you're in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're born again, his resurrection power lives in you, new life that he gives you in the present, not just in the future, to give you the power to live that life of purpose that he calls you to. Have you encountered the power and the love of God in your own life? Have you encountered that? It's what Jesus offers you. He offers you power and love. We all need God's power in our lives, whether uh, life is going well or life is going badly. Actually, maybe even especially when life is, is going well, because I think we're all painfully aware of how far we fall short uh, of the mark in, in so many different areas. We all need the power of God in our lives. But what about when life is going wrong? You know, what about times when you just feel like you've lost all hope? Does God's power help you then? Well, I want you to listen now to Andy's story that I think demonstrates the resurrection power of God in, in a beautiful way. I grew up in a Christian family. I was one of four siblings and I had good, good, a good Christian upbringing. It was around about the age of 16 that I started to look around and think, there's just, there's got to be more to life than this. I just... I just felt that I wanted more excitement from life than, than I was getting. There were certain friends that I had in friendship groups who, who seemed to be having a lot of this excitement in their lives. When I started hanging around with them, it all started in a rather mild sense of fun. We were doing things like drinking and, and smoking. Then from there, it, it went very quickly downhill indeed. And it moved on to drug taking at the weekends. And actually, I started to far exceed what I had done before. And I very quickly realized that actually, when the people that you're hanging around with, who you considered a little bit crazy, start looking to you as being the crazy one, that you realize you're, you're in quite a lot of trouble. I wanted to, to take drugs all the time. With that, that led to getting involved in crime as well. And then from there, it it just got even worse. Um, and I didn't think it could get worse from that point, but it's amazing how far you can plummet in such a very short space of time. I just felt too ashamed to ask for any help. And at times I just thought, 
I just don't want any help anymore. I just felt that the brakes had come off and I was just going to let this train run its course. I remember the time when I was sat on my own and there were thoughts in my head that I'd hurt so many people so badly. People that really I, I truly cared about. That I wondered if it would be better if I should take my own life. And that was when I realised that I just had to change. Things had to change and they had to change straight away. So it was about that time that I cried out to the Lord and said, look, Lord, something's got to change. I really need help. And a friend of mine who was in a very similar situation as me started to get help. And it was working as well. And I realised through that help that and there was hope for me as well. And that was a great comfort to me. And I started to take that path as well. I took the same path as he did and started to get some help from a very kind group of Christians who specialised in this, this type of rehabilitation, really. So I did that for around about two and a half years. And it was, a, it was through that period that my life really started to change. It was during that time that I encountered God in many different ways and he gave me freedom in areas of my life that I'd struggled with over the years that I'd never experienced before. And it was through that that I felt a huge weight and pressure had been lifted off my shoulders and it started to help me live a lot more freely than I'd ever done before. So my life now is is completely different from what it used to be. The relationships that God has restored in my life that seemed irreparable before have been. I have a wife and children and just the blessings that I experience are, are all down to God. And what I thought that I'd completely destroyed in my life it actually turned out it wasn't destroyed at all and the Lord has restored it to me I mean don't get me wrong I'm not the finished article just ask my wife but it's a process it's a journey but it's a it's a journey that I'm enjoying a lot more than I, than I did previously that's for sure well Andy is now our youth pastor at Kings. And so his is a story that's been rewritten. It's a life that's been, that's been resurrected. And if you are feeling uh, hopeless, without hope, if, if you're feeling desperate in some way, in some part of your life, or even in your, in your whole life, you know, I'm really glad that you're watching. And I believe it's no accident that you're watching because there is hope for you. There is resurrection power for you, but you've got to be plugged into that power. You've got to invite him in. And I'll come to that in just a minute. So the resurrection of Jesus brings meaning and purpose to your life. It brings strength and power to your life. And then finally, it, it guarantees you a glorious eternal future because it means that death is not the end. And actually, I, I think that deep down, we all get that. We all know that whether you have a faith in God or not, I, I think we all know that that death is not the end. I think we all have that sense of eternity because we have the sense of meaning in life, that this life does matter, that it's not futile, it's not pointless. But if death is the end, 
well, then it is pretty pointless. It is pretty futile. I think we all have that sense of eternity, that we were designed for eternity. The real question is whether that's going to be an eternity spent with God in his presence, in his love, in his, in his grace, in his beauty, or an eternity without God, where, where God's presence, where his restraining hand has been withdrawn and human sin and self-centeredness and evil have free reign. What kind of eternity are you going to get? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And Jesus is saying that if you want eternal life with God in the glory, the beauty, the love of God, if that's the eternal life that you want, that comes only through believing in him, through trusting in him. Not through being a good person, not through being a moral person, but actually recognising that you're sinful and that you can never be good enough. You can never be moral enough in your own strength. We simply cannot live up to that standard. None of us can live up to that standard but also through believing in and trusting in and giving your life to Jesus, who lived the kind of life that we should have lived on our behalf. And he died the death that we should have died on our behalf. And the Bible talks about eternity with God as this wonderful inheritance that is, that is waiting for us, that God has prepared a place for us, that it will be a place of, of no more sickness, praise God, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more tears, no more unfulfilled longings, but just complete joy and peace and fulfillment and beauty and, and love. And hey, maybe you think that just sounds like a fairy tale. Maybe you think that just sounds too good to be true. But it is true. It is true. And my confidence in that truth is because of the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, well, then life is futile. It's meaningless. It's pointless. We're all wasting our time. But Jesus was indeed raised from the dead. He is worth putting your trust in. So let me ask you this. Where is your hope this morning? On this Easter morning, where is your hope? Is all your hope placed in, in temporary things like money, your health, your looks, your job, your family, your spouse, your friends, your achievements? These are all good things to have in your life, but you will lose all of those things in the end. They will all let you down in the end because none of them are eternal. Put your hope in God who is eternal. Put your hope in God, who is eternally loving, eternally true. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And a relationship with him is something that can never be taken from you. You know, we will all face loss in our lives. We'll all face grief. We'll all face pain. And some of you are facing those things right now in this current crisis. Now, how you are able to face those things, whether, whether they crush you, devastate you, or you overcome, really depends on where your hope is. Because when you see life's troubles in the context of eternity with God, it doesn't make the trouble any less real. It doesn't make the pain any less painful, but your hope remains rock solid. Your foundations are secure. Your foundations cannot be shaken. And it's the resurrection of Jesus that gives you that eternal perspective. His resurrection gives you meaning and purpose. It gives you strength and power and an eternity with a God who loves you enough to die for you, 
Now, that is why the death and resurrection of Jesus is very good news indeed for you, for all of you, if you accept and receive those benefits for yourself. And so the question is, how do you do that? How do you receive that? How do you get hold of this for yourself? Well, Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. So that's the question for anybody who's watching who doesn't currently have that relationship with Jesus. One, do you believe that he was raised from the dead? Do you believe that? And then two, are you ready to confess with your mouth, to speak out loud that Jesus is Lord, knowing what that means, knowing that that means acknowledging your sin. It means acknowledging that up to now you've lived your life for yourself, but now saying, actually, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to, I don't want to live that life anymore. I want to turn away from sin. I want to live for you. I want to follow you wherever you lead me. I want to put my trust and my hope in you and follow your purpose for my life. I want to receive that new life that you have for me, the new life that you offer. That is what is meant by saying Jesus is Lord. It is surrendering yourself to him. It's, it's giving him control in your life and it's not to be done lightly. But for some of you, you know that God is calling your name right now. Some of you know that God is calling your name. And if that's you, I want to give the opportunity to respond to him because if he calls your name, it's a good thing to do to respond to him. He has good things for you. He only has the best for you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity now to respond. It might help you to close your eyes just to be able to focus in on him. If you know Jesus, just take some time now to thank him. Thank him for his death, for his resurrection. Thank him that, that, he's, that he's completely changed your life and ask him to fill you with his power and to fill you with his spirit to, to know the presence of God with you. But if you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, why don't you just start to speak to him now? Just say, Jesus, I need you. Lord, please come into my life. Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Just start to speak to him now. Start to respond to him. Let's give you a few seconds to start to respond to him for yourself. And I'm going to pray a prayer now. And um, if you're responding to Jesus for the first time or you're recommitting yourself to him, just make this your prayer as I pray. The words are not going to come up on the screen. Just, just pray along with me. Listen to what I'm praying and make it your own prayer if that's what you would like to do. Dear God, thank you that you planned and you created me for a purpose and that you have loved me every moment of my life. And today I want to open up my life to you. I want to open myself up to Jesus Christ who died on a cross for me and rose again so that I could have hope. I choose to follow you, Jesus. And I want to know your resurrection power in my life to stop trusting in my own power and in my own strength and to trust in you. You are greater than any problem that I face. Thank you, Jesus, that you have paid my debt the debt of my sin, and you've paid it in full. Thank you for, for your forgiveness and help me to turn away from that life of sin. Thank you that you've prepared a place for me in eternity with you. 
And I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life and to give me the strength to lead the kind of life that you want me to lead. I give myself to you today. I surrender to you. I submit to you today. Take control in my life, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, why don't you ask him now to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to to, to encounter his wonderful presence. Just say to him, just say, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Just ask him for that. Ask him for his presence. This is a faith that is not an intellectual faith. It is a faith to be experienced. He is a God to be encountered. So just ask him to fill you with his power, to fill you with his Holy Spirit. I'm going to I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to finish there. I just want to thank you again for for listening. And um, we're going to worship God now. But if you responded to Jesus, we'd love to connect with you to to help you, to guide you along in those first steps of following. And, you know, in fact, I'd say it's essential for you to tell somebody what's happened to you today. As I said, we'd love to hear from you. It's very easy to do that. Just go to our website. Use the link in the description below this video uh, and then click on the respond button. Um, really easy to do that. I think it's really important that you do do that and we would love to hear from you. But happy Easter, happy Easter to everyone, happy Easter church and, um, and let's now spend some time worshipping our amazing God together. <laughs>